Hi, this is Madeline, a.k.a. Groisha, founder of Growing With The Seasons. Our new voice, Season 1, is the foundation of the intergenerational conversation. It's been in my heart to do. We need more mirrors and voices to inspire our choices. For in the reflection of each other, we all grow wiser. I know I have. To learn more or get involved in this and other co-creations and conversations, check out the website gwtsfamily.com. We offer many ways to help you groom your authentic expression. Here we grow. Hello, welcome to our new voice. Oh boy, you guys are going to have fun. These conversations can go on and on. We'll see what we can do. This is one of my uh, best sister mirrors, Christina Maria, and she's from Union City and she's in her 40s and she's going to answer the questions today. Hello. Hello there. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for having me in your life. It's always a ride. It's always fun. So then let's go to the questions. It's kind of what we're doing just to keep the conversation concise. So I know you know the questions because we've talked about it, but I'll say it out loud and just let us know what comes. Yeah. So for you, how are you informed of your gender? Like, how did you come to understand yourself as the way you identify? Wow. Well, I grew up in a pretty traditional household with like really traditional gender roles, conventional, I even say. Boy, girl, girl, boy, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. In addition to a time in the 80s when in the in the Latino culture, it was very it was coming out a lot like a lot of gay men, a lot of gay women. So it was this beautiful kind of coming to and I was very young. But growing up, because I, I grew in a family of five females, I, will, I, I am the fourth. And they were kind of expecting a boy. I have a very masculine edge to me, right? And I, so I, I show up very much energetically. And so growing up, I, I was called Marquita. That's my father's name in, in, in girl. <laughs> my father's name is Marcos. And I was his little mini me and short hair, I was identical to him. So I really identified with my masculine energy all the way probably up until I was about in my pre-teens. And then all of a sudden this, whoa, mm-hmm. not a boy. That is a girl. <laughs> that is clearly a girl that we all see. This her. popped so, out and this popped just, out. Just kind of <laughs> came in. She was like, hey, it's so good to see you. So I've always identified as that growing up. I was like that um, Tom boy, right? And then as I grew, really started to develop more in my um, 30s, a real clear understanding of this femininity that was more of the wisdom traditions as I moved into these more soulful ways and traditional medicine ways that brought me into, I would say, the masculine, the feminine harmonizing in a more energetic form. So that's how I, I grew overall into this being that is she, they, them, it. Mm -hmm. Even your two names, right? They represent the two energies, right? Yeah. Christina is, you know, the female name of Christ. And Maria is the Mary in Spanish. And, and even in growing, in growing up as I, as I always had an affinity to my full name, but even as I grew in my thirties and when I went on the path of this spirit medicine, Christina Maria was really the, the, the name that brought in all of my wholeness in a way that felt more complete. And it even brought in all the aspects, not just the masculine and feminine aspect, but even all the aspects of beings 
that come through in the way that I pray or intend or work with clients and or myself, yeah, and show up in humanity. So, yeah, definitely the full, nice. full, the full mixture. Okay, so then I'm hearing you say that you've identified as kind of being both and in part of your process, you've come to bring it together in a way that you understand that you're both aspects and you live in that oneness. Yeah, and I often tell people that, you know, and I, and I, I got this understanding very early on the path. And, you know, our path kind of, that's what we really crossed together when we had that flowering, I would say, together. I always speak of like that masculine and feminine are just the ones that we recognize on this third, in this third realm, in this middle world. But it's really so many. And I think that we're finally coming to see that in the way that humans are expressing themselves now, regardless of any political or social political thoughts around it. I think one of the things that's happening as an expression in this middle world is that like all these different kind of attendings to like the, the, the MX for Mrs. now instead of the MS and the they and them and she and he and it and just like nothing, right? I think that this is a demonstration of the many energies that exist that we're just not familiar with yet. So masculine and feminine are the ones that predominate in this world and show up as the man, the male here and the female here. But actually, my sense is that there's many more energetic realms that we just haven't tapped into yet in this form. Yeah, and it would make sense that whatever it is that we're going to connect to beyond the idea we have of ourselves at current, it would mean that the stronger we're unified, whole, integrated, the more yeah. we can meet things from that whole and integrated place. Because oftentimes our responses to confusion is to fragment, right? So when life's illusion can start to soften to the way that we can come into the oneness and meet things in a more harmonious way, now we're actually able to have information from a clear vessel that can be used to guide our lives as opposed to just, you know, trying to get someone to like it and stuff like that that people do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be there. Yeah. Nice. All right, honey. So then let's transition to the next question. Unless there's more you want to say on that one? No, no. I think that that was pretty. I, I love the clarity and the, and the coming from the clear place. And I think that that is what is establishing itself through that neutral place that let all come through. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're in that mid-40s point, that rebirth time. It's a really wonderful time for that clarity. So may you keep growing divine there. I, I love it. Mm -hmm. I hope all the people in their 40s take heed to the way our life repeats itself and how we get to be reborn to the clarities we have as we mature. Because in some ways, you really can't get there till you get there. And when you're in a certain age, in your 40s, you're getting there because you're in a process like we all are. Yeah, and I appreciate you say that because I remember when I entered in my 40s and it was 39 and it was like just months before my 40s, just moving in that direction because I think it has such value for this cohort is that no one talked about. And of course, you know, Cristina Maria, I'm having a full process. I'm hiding in places. I'm getting life reviews nine months before. And I'm freaking out. And everybody who's turned 40 before me, I'm like, hey, so did this happen to him? Did, did you experience? Everyone's like, no, well, like... What? Do people need to know about this? We know about the 15s. We know about the 13s, the pre-teens. Mm -hmm. We know about the 60s. What happened to the 40s? And so I recognized that there wasn't a lot of thought or awareness or even bringing light to the fact that 40 is a real jump. And my pre 
And then my post 40, that year, that end 39, beginning 40, was really a cyclical time of bringing it all together to bounce me in this direction to prepare like the rest. Right, because 44 is the rebirth time. So yeah, you're building up the clarity that you get in your 40s. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. and that pre and post really wasn't this this initiative. So I really appreciate it because it's really brought a lot of attention. It's when a woman's body's changing the most, Mm -hmm. when you're going Mm -hmm. hormonally into so many shifts. And I believe the male, because even my male brothers, my brothers, have come up with their own counterpart, and I've, and I've seen the way that they're oh, yeah. monopathic oh, and yeah. their womb is shifting. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate a talk to that. May we, may we tap in on that one? Yeah, we'll definitely got to go into some of those deeper generational awarenesses because not just generational, just the process of maturing as well, because men in their early 40s, oh my goodness, I have my client, my practice has been filled with them for years. Like that's that's a time that it's like, wait a minute, what happened? You know, it's a real reassessment time. And yeah. thank goodness we have the consciousness to reassess and not just stay in cycles of stress. Right. That would that's the gift of the human experience. when we use our consciousness in that good way. Right? Mm-hmm. So then the next question is, how are you informed about yourself through relationship? Like how did relationships teach you about your things? You know, you've heard me say a million times, life's a school, relationships are the classroom. It's where you learn yourself. It's where you become yourself. So what are some of the things that have happened for you that helps you feel like you learned about yourself in relationships? You know, I I grew up in a big family, and so I'm still very connected to my family. As you're aware, I'm one of six children. So mom, dad, the original nucleus, aunts and uncles, and we grew together. So it was often a current of easy 15 of us in a room and a holiday, and it was just how it is. And then I grew up in a lot of social, you know, a lot of friendship groups. One big one that grew over time, and then it melded, and my sisters and I were at the core of it. So it was often a place that reflected relationship. And my town, Union City, at the time was very much like a neighborhood feel. Now it's larger and everything, but it was always large and it was always densely populated, but it had such a small town feel to it, although it was so large and right across from New York, that it really allowed itself to grow intimacy while growing really big collectively and still being like in almost like a silo. So a lot of my, I I grew up with a lot of people and a lot of different people, a lot of different Latinos and still very small worldviews, right? So it was also still but in my home, large views, because my parents were very worldly and brought a lot of attention to us. And as a fourth child, I grew up with like, so elders were grown in 76 and 73. So they were 70s, 60s kind of kids. And I'm like 70s, 80s and then youngers, right? Then I had 90s. And so I had this full gamut of... of reflections. Of reflections. Yeah. <laughs> of, uh, and of, of pre and post, right? So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really rich, really rich experience and really fortunate. And I was always around the olders. You just kind of popped in always around the olders. So it was really fortunate to have that experience and... And to know and to and to know through people. And I grow through people as a as a therapist and as a medicine woman and working in these ways, I grow through relationship. I've always done it. And so it's a way that now, and even in my service to the world, it's all about relationship, the human experience and the spirit experience on this on this realm. So 
it has really informed me quite wholly and it informs me to this day. And it's one of the most dynamic experiences being a human is quite, quite superb, I would say, and quite marvelous in its own form. So it has informed me every day and every, and every breath and all the aspects, right? Like one of the things that I appreciate that over the last decade has happened through the work of spirit, all these aspects that were, I think when you look at it through the clinical form, right, we can look at it like all these kind of parts of the personality. Or if you look at it like at the psych form, if it's gone like over the top, then it's distortions. When you look at it from a spirit perspective, it like brings all those aspects in together to see like your wholeness. And it brings in that aspect of coyote or it brings in that aspect of changing woman. And then it brings in that aspect of all the parts and all the colors and diversity of the human and the being. So I would say that it's been pretty consistent. Yeah, I like what you're saying. I listen a lot to Carolyn Miss and the way she would call that is the archetypes, right? Almost like we have a whole bunch of different versions of ourselves. And what I've noticed is that the joy of the mirrors is that different aspects of you get reflected in different relationships. And that's how you can integrate into who you are and your wholeness, because the more you can become authentic in each reflection, the more aligned you become to who you are. You know, so it sort of sets you up. Relationships set us up like what you're talking about, that they're just constantly bringing more awareness to us. And so I'm hearing that for you, relationships really grew you aware of a big spectrum and that you have a real affinity for it, that you enjoy it. And then in your life's work, you use relationship to help you grow and to support the others as well. Yeah. And it's beautiful that you say that because I was thinking just even my present day, like how many different relationships I have, like from men to women, to sisters, to brothers. You know, I often talk about the human family and that we're all sisters and brothers and how we really reflect one another. When I think about all the people in my life and the and spectrum, like as I grew, if I didn't have a variety of reflections outside of me, I probably wouldn't understand the diversity within me and probably wouldn't be able to be so wholly expressed because my external really does support me and saying like when I've been there and then I was like, oh, but that really goes different than what I grew up understanding, like family and nucleus, then I'm like, whoa, but this does exist and it meets me. And I feel so good and feel so nourished. I used mm-hmm. to drink a plate of food because everything's mm-hmm. a food for me. Okay? <laughs> so Taurus. She's like, a Taurus. <laughs> and so it really has fed that part and it's allowed me to see myself. And those reflections, and so it really supports me in continuing to grow the diversity and the wholeness so that I don't feel so multi, so I feel more multifaceted and not so one-dimensional, right? Yeah, yeah, we're always buffing and polishing each other out. Those bumps are for polish, right? Everything that comes up in a relationship is to be able to see more clear. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, very cool. I like that reflection. You know, my favorite part of doing this show is that everybody's answer is so different. Like, it's just amazing. But they have certain, like, essence to them that's similar. Yeah. But, boy, it's just, I love how everybody says the same thing differently. I love it. Yeah, I, we're talking about the complexity, but the yeah. differences, but the... Yeah. yeah, just what it, what, what, what the process of it has been is unique, right? But the, the goal of knowing the self and relationships seems to come through all the time. So, mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. So, all right. So, our next question is, 
how do you, as a person, discern the truth or know the truth for yourself? Like, how do you access that kind of clarity? It's great. I have to just say this is the timing of this impeccable, okay? Impeccability. Because this is coming up a lot. And as I've grown as a human on this earth, over the last decade, this innate knowing has really grown quite strongly in my life. And it was something that I recognized in my reflections when I started more of this reflective living in the world that I noticed was with me always. And so I tend to go very clear on my intuition. It's like my gut, my feeling. It's like a knowing. And it often, it often kind of moves from the status quo and it doesn't operate in that same way. So it can often be questioned more, more cognitively. And because I'm very, I'm very grateful to my work as a therapist that the cognitive realm is a very comfortable realm. I'm, I'm very comfortable in that realm and the way that we often try to bring proof through cognitive um, processing. So I, I often don't make decisions on cognitive processing. My first decision is made by way of my body and my intuition and my, my sense. And then the cognitive processing of decision-making and taking it down a flow. So it's always been my process and it's grown strongly. My discernment in the form of just knowing like a real like ping that just comes in and it's like, oh, and, it, and then it comes fr fluidly through. It doesn't mean that I don't have struggle making decisions. Doesn't mean that I don't mm -hmm. find tough spots. Doesn't mean that I don't hit walls, but it's a real, it's a real sense of knowing that comes in. And it's been with me always that now over the last decade has really sharpened by way of getting closer to my, to my knowing in spirit. Mm -hmm. Nice. So then that's, that's something that you're basically telling everyone is a is a choice to have a relationship to that innate wisdom or that intuition. And it probably would mean that there's a certain kind of relationship to yourself that you'd be listening for that kind of thing. Yeah. And I and I can and what I appreciate is like I learned a lot through reflection in my life, right? Like so which is why I think I, I support people doing reflective work in whatever way that looks like. Because when I started being more intuiting in a world that I wasn't going to hide it anymore and being more verbal about it at a time when the world was coming into 2012 and it was like more showy versus now it's like, whoa, not really like a cat and hat trick here. It's like real. It's not like a magic show. And at that time, it was the magic show, right? So we got to go through those stages. I, I wouldn't be able to see back to times in childhood that I had inklings and then I was like, whoa, so look what a gift. I've been gifted this. And I think I saw that as an opportunity to kind of like signature the, oh, you're on the path. All right, keep it going. Versus at a place of taking power or being like, oh, you see, it didn't or it did happen to me. It was an opportunity for me to really see it to always be with me. And, and it's an opportunity where then I can support people in going there because there's always somewhere where the sense came in where it could have been kind of taken by way of that. Are you sure? Do you really want to do that? Because mm -hmm. of whatever comes through that funnel of the adult, right? So I'm the very, hive mind. That's what some of the kids call it that I do therapy with. Yeah. They're like, hey, sometimes you just got to go up against the hive mind, right? Because there's an energy 
holding the house in a certain kind of frequency of thoughts. And so if you're that person who's coming in with something, you know, against it or not in the flow of the hive mind, there's a real like dance that goes on. Yeah. And I think it's that place of certainty. When I think about myself as a child, my mother recounts stories about me, right? Like the easiest thing is say she was so wild. She was so free. We couldn't tolerate her. We had to stick her in the backyard sometimes. Let her run herself out. Say there are bouts at the walls back there, right? But, you know, then you get older and you start to see, like, that you just didn't know how to not be you. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of unsettling when you're trying to do the thing and you're like, hey, well, listen, guys, if this is a bad idea, so I'm going to go over here and be a little crazy girl dirty in the mud. Mm-hmm. And it's comfortable. But now you're 43 and you're dirty in the mud. Mm-hmm. It's not really that comfortable because now, mm-hmm. you're, now you're not a talk. Yep, mm-hmm. you actually know how to write. You know how to like mm-hmm. send messages. Mm-hmm. So then it's unsettling to the ground. So that hive mind, right? So that more cattle kind of thought process is disturbed, mm-hmm. and it could produce quite a disturbance in the field. Yeah, it's the call to it's the call to solace, really, because what I think happens is that I don't I know even for myself, like I I just said it earlier today. Somebody asked me about doing some card things, you know, me in the card these days. But I said, I'm not really looking to get to know it so well that it becomes my voice because I've been pretty good about learning a whole bunch of stuff and not losing my voice. And so that took a lot of conscious ways of staying in my clarity, regardless of the hive mind, right? Because there's there's a vortex to the hive mind. There's a wanting to join. There's a way that you want to feel part of it. And it's heartbreaking to not be part of it when you love it so much. Like this is that whole rites of passage individuation aspects because the hive mind is in essence, all of us just feeding from whatever's being pumped at us. But nobody realizes that fully because, you know, you're, you're, you're caught up in yourself. We're all, we all get caught up in ourselves. Yeah. And so he said supports society. Yeah. yeah. As children, I see Madeline, there's not been one child that I have not crossed that doesn't have such a clear sense of self. And I see it up until almost the age of seven and eight. And it's amazing when you see that five to eight, right? Because you see these numbers, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and how that, where they start to shift towards the hive mind because there's such, and when you tap in with them, sometimes the adults don't like me with the children. Mm -hmm. Tap into them and you really just let them know that you are with them as, and, and their pace, right? Like, I'm with you. You don't have mm-hmm. to go anywhere. Just stay true. And it's almost like they know, but because there's so much invitation to do it in the way that is supposed to be the way, mm-hmm. when you stay with them, just stay true. You show mm-hmm. up however you do, right? Mm-hmm. So that's through. And I'm right here. You, you can feel them feel safe. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they start to like play around with different parts of themselves. I FaceTime with my granddaughter on Sundays and boy, does she show me some good stuff. And children are, they're just so uninhibited. They're, they're, they're the gifts for it. They really mm-hmm. are the gifts for it. I appreciate mm-hmm. it so much. Yeah. Well, they come from an innocence that says, I want to be expressed, you know, and I think that's what the universe wants for all of us is to be expressed in our most unique way and bring our gifts to community. So everything that we're learning is helping us do that. And that's why it's great to listen to each other and learn together. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that's a good answer. I appreciate that stuff we can all consider. Thank you, honey. Yeah. All right. So then we have the last part, and this is around values. 
Do you feel complete on the other part? Yeah. Okay. The values question is, what do you propose are some shared values for us, as you say, the human family or for the collective energy as we start to recognize how much we can work together for consciousness, for shifts, for evolution? What are some of the shared values that you suggest from your life so far? Mm. Some of the some of the things that I think are innate to people that even though they get washed down here in society because of the way that the current wants us to move, that way of more of a, I'm going to use the word status quo again, because this is not individualistic or collective, right? Like that's when you look at it from a, a socio-political thought, like individualistic is the sovereign human really being able to see themselves and collective is like, whatever is good for me, I know is good for you. So when I do it, I always see you, I always see my environment. But we've made it more individualistic, which is like me, 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 and more connective. Oh, I give everything and now I, so it is not this place, right? Like, so I think a shared value that is innate to people is a sense of harmony. Because mm-hmm. when our cells are in a divine sense of, of working together, we don't have illness because they're in a harmonious experience of the within, the without, the way that we flow, the way that we stop, the way that we sleep, the way that we move in harmonious relationship to the earth. So I think that that's even something innate. And I see it in children. Again, they're my best teachers because I see them when they play. And I see them when they move and when they feel like something's off. And when they self-regulate or self-bring back in, right? Like it's a really divine expression of what naturally is until it becomes what is being pulled about in the outside, in the outskirts. And I, and I, and I want to say even no matter if there is a womb that has expressed a lot of hurt or experienced that, whether in the womb itself or in the line, the bloodline or in the soul line that they're coming through, a shared value is divine love. Like it's a real expression. Like most humans, I think, come with an expression of divine love. And by that, I mean an ability to be able to be in your full light why you're expressing that full light because you want everybody to live in light with you. And that word light is very, I think, used a lot now. So it kind of lost its essence. But when I see full light, it's like my full expression and being there with me while you are in yours. And and wanting you to be in yours because I'm in mine. And so it's like this really beautiful, light, heavenly, gentle, very airy experience and very crystalline. So I feel like those two are very natural values that come through that we don't have to feed more than allow them to be and to come, right? In in a place that is an environment that really feeds that. Mm-hmm. And shared values of, of kind of like um, being really present. And I think when I, when I mean present is because I'm centered. And if I'm centered, then I can be in your centered. And so if you're off, then I know how to... S- then I know how to soften. Mm-hmm. That you're on, then I know how to move with you, right? Like, so mm-hmm. because I could be in the wholeness of it and the presence of it all. Mm-hmm. And I'll refer to this divine presence. This is one I think that also comes out innate, but it's something that is the quickest to go because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's so heavily bombarded here in mm-hmm. this realm mm-hmm. that it's the easiest one 
But if you see children, they're not like, even if you see babies under 12 months, their ability to be in any simple vibration and to respond to it lets you know that they're in presence. It's phenomenal. Uh, I see it all the time. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, totally. So these things really, and that's the one that while it is innate, I think it's the one that if we can step into, because then it can be with all of you and I don't have to really judge it. I can just see it and see it in its expression and reflect it back. So harmony, divine love and presence or divine presence are, I think, ones that we're returning to even naturally. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's others that can go, right? Like the more popular ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I really appreciate what you're bringing, you know, that, you know, my song for Harmony has been a lifelong mm. one. And, uh, but when I got involved in the community at Earthman, I was struggling with all the different ways that everybody was kind of, you know, doing their thing their way, but couldn't necessarily learn to play with everyone else. Cause you know, a lot of older generational people, a lot of independent energy, a lot of stubbornness, you know. Lots of hope, young people. It's like, so I started to pray for Farmony because I just thought if I could just, and I had lunch with Dennis recently and I said, Dennis, I think the prayer for Farmony is really working. I said, because I really do come here every time and pray for Farmony and think about Farmony and sweetgrass them and love them and just like, let the Farmony come. And there's so much more lanes and, and alignment. Cause you know, when a band plays together, you can't overpower someone else's yeah. instrument to make good music, yeah. you know? So like Farmony has just been great. And it wasn't just for the farmers that all the farms in the area work in Farmony with all the other farms so that the circles touch the circles. Cause you know, that's another thing that I like to think about a lot is where we touch and how we bring good frequency to where we touch. Sure. And I appreciate you saying about the Farmony because that's something I've lived with you. So I can see that. I can see how it came into it. For a essence. Nice. I like that. It's, like, that. it's like bringing your divine essence into your presence and make a farminescence. I love it. Farminescence. <laughs> you know, and, it's, and it is proof. It is. And, and I think it's a, a, a beautiful expression of harmony at that level, right? And how it brings that word into that area. So it, it, I, I stand to be the living human proof of that being true. Nice. Well, thank you for your reflection as a divine tree in the forest, growing clear and true. That's what we're meant to do. Always grateful to see a good sister tree growing healthy. So that's the dream that we have a whole bunch of us growing healthy and understanding that we have a clarity inside of us that wants to guide us and that we don't need to be focused on what is or isn't. We need to be focused on keeping ourselves in a high resonance of being present. Yeah. And I think we return to these shared values that seem kind of like new agey. And I say that purposely because I think there's so much value to bringing people to the words that take power. So if I bring you to that word that takes so much power and I make it hokey dokey or if it's hoopy poofy, I mean, I can go through so many of them. They're so funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Croatian, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do that. Uh, I like, I like All so the so power taking words. words, okay? Love uh, it. And then it brings kind of like the deciphering and kind of like the, the dismantling of them, right? And bringing them back to like, yeah, so you call it new age and I'm going to call it like original expression, right? So if I bring it to your original expression, then you have, now it sits somewhere. Now it's like, oh, because now it landed where it originally started in your soul, which is your, you know, we can go through that. But then it brings you to that, like, oh, well, 
okay, well, of course I want harmony when my garden's doing well and, you know, my carrots are playing well with my cauliflower and my kale is happy and shining robustly. You know, my violets and my plantain, which are just coming up, aren't really bothering them because I got them a little munches and everybody's happy. And rabbit isn't eating them all because I got it over there, you know? Yeah, so conscious, conscious of placement of everything, yeah. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just realizing when we're talking that when I was your age, that's when We Will Open and those words came into my conversation because I was oh. working somewhere and somebody said it was a Quaker thing to say, We Will Open, and I had really become very spiritual in my 40s and I was really looking to to know a stillness. You know, I had been running after getting some letters after my name and making a job that would make it so I could know my family and not be like, you know, not present. But Way Will Open came through and I found it so, so relaxing because it wasn't a way or how it had to be. It was just Way Will Open, like stay centered, stay true. Way Will Open, just be you. Like, those words became so liberating to thinking I had to think about what someone else was thinking or I had to wonder if they were mad at me or I had to go. It's just like, we will open like there's a way it's all working out, you know. So that's a great thing to take into the second parts of our life is just recognizing the liberation. And yes, there might be general new agey, organic words, but it's basic stuff, right? You know, like we will open and. We're, we're, we're connected to something more than our thoughts and our thoughts can help create reality. You know, like these are just simple, simple things. And we have so much to prove it now, but it doesn't really matter if anything proves it. It matters if you choose it. And I appreciate so much the children because they really bring it in so purely. And it was just a natural. Yeah, that's yeah. It's mm-hmm. just what they do. And I think that that's sometimes what scares the adult because there's a lot of ideas here about what it's supposed to look like, but also when you allow them to really be the leaderesses and leaders, they really bring a wholeness of understanding in a way that is kind of awakening and like really just like opening and really airing. Like, well, okay, that brought a lot of clarity. Yeah. Well, thank you, Christina Maria. I appreciate the love of the children, you know me, and the uh, greatest love of all, you know, children are our future. And I believe we should teach them well, let them lead the way. And I know you're laughing because you... And you know, when that song comes on, oh, it's I got to sing. Oh, wait, I just thought I gotta it. I got to sing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful for those words that were laid down and the ability to be silly like a clown, but also to listen to those children because... I dream that our new voice ends up with an episode at some point where we're speaking to the children on some basic questions too, because everybody's wisdom is part of what creates our shared vision. Yeah, it's beautiful. I really appreciate our new voice because I really feel like it takes all the colors and makes it into that multi-vibrational, multi-frequent and like colorful expression of the human, but of the being right, on this realm and beyond. So, you know, here and beyond, favorite places to be for me. <laughs> you know, some of my best pie here, people. <laughs> Wonderful. We share that one in common, Groisha. We yes, share we that do. one in common. Yes, we do. Well, thank you. This was great. Nice and rich. Yes. So 
Is there anything else that comes through that you want to share? Because what we usually do is we kind of close up the portal with a little prayer. Mm. But if you have anything else on the questions, you know, give it some time. Yeah, the only the only thing that's coming through is really um, wanting to put an emphasis on harmony and divine love and presence and like those words just really resonating and ringing true into every cell of our being in a form that we remember all that we are, is, and are becoming as our shared values and our shared expression and our wholeness and our oneness and our collective knowingness. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Blessed be. Well, thank you to all the shared energies that help create this moment in time and that everything be released to where it goes fully healed in the present time and that you and me and anyone else listening imagines the opportunity of growing divine in sovereignty. And mm-hmm. Thanks for the space. Let's keep growing the grace. We'll see you on the next one. Blessed be. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Madeline again. If you're interested in learning more about co-creation and building a new foundation, check out the website gwtsfamily.com and get involved. Join us in growing this frequency of more peace and harmony and possibility. Turning in all the directions, calling above and below to the space inside me that longs to glow. I call for the wisdom of my teachers and my elders and the wisest part of me. What is it that's going to set us free? How can we find harmony in this family? Please teach me. Show me the way. I know. We will open. Where is it? Where's the fire? Rhythm in the middle. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. That's what'll soothe your soul. Rhythm in the middle.